Hello all and welcome to Creatives Uncut. I'm your host Chris Miller and in this podcast series I sit down and have a casual conversation with creatives from the southeast corner of Queensland and the northern end of New South Wales. In today's episode I sit down with Sarah Seminuton of Monster Creative and Vacant Assembly. Vacant Assembly is a shared office workshop art space on Montague Road in West End of Brisbane. This space is a collective run by Sarah, her partner Sam Isles, an abstract artist, and ceramicist and architect Laura Pascoe. This space is also where Monster Creative is held, a quarterly design and art pop-up show slash store where you can find and purchase anything from ceramics, art, photography, furniture, fashion, jewellery, and much, much more, all from local artists. Their next show is on Thursday the 19th of March from 5 p.m. So if you're in Brisbane, definitely go check it out. Sarah, Sam and Laura are also responsible for running a new monthly gallery at the almost complete Brisbane Quarter. The gallery is open from 10 a.m. till 2 p.m. Tuesday to Saturday, something you should also go and visit if you're in Brisbane. And finally, Sarah also makes furniture under the moniker Black Tulip Projects. So as you can see, she's a very busy body. Oh, and she's also completing her Masters of Architecture part-time. I'll leave links to everything that I mentioned in the description. So, with all that covered, let's tune into the conversation. I like it. If your livelihood is off this work that you do, you like there's a bit of a pressure side of things of like having to make sure that I'm gonna earn enough money. Or also you're gonna pay for staff or you're gonna pay for Mm. whatever it is a space or like machinery and stuff like that and from his because I'd spoken to a lot of people with that understanding that it's not all just like broad sweeps of art brushes and, and fun and games and mm. there's like this reality to um, okay now I have to figure out how I'm going to earn business you're going to be a marketer you're going to be a uh, manager yes. you're going to be a creative person and mm. you've got to know how to manage a business and that, I, I have no idea how to manage a business no and I think that's the interesting thing is I think potentially learning all those things as you go and then working out what you actually want to learn in detail mm. and what you want to potentially um, delegate to a much more experienced person in that field, mm. you know, and then that becomes, you know, I guess choosing those things. I guess you kind of learn a little bit and then you think, how, yeah. how <laughs> successful will I be trying to yeah. carry this along with seven other, you know, aspects of the job? And then, you know, um, and I think that's actually where I'm at right now is like, so I just got to the point with, um, monster where I was like, okay, um, I have to think about how this becomes a sustainable idea. Yeah. So it was an experiment. It started as an experiment. Really? Yeah. It was a complete experiment. And it seems like you were so committed to it. I thought this was like a real strong... I mean, you were studying at that time when I first met you. Yeah, yeah. So I was studying architecture and I was working almost 40 hours a week and we started the space. (laughs) So this is separate 40 hours a week to the space? Yes. So the space was in the evenings and on weekends and then when I had a big assignment, I would have to pump out. Like I would just say, I'm I'm gone for the next 10 days. Like, and I would stay up, like, until I learned how to get the, those assignments started a lot earlier. Yeah. I would stay up sometimes for three, four nights in a row, like, just awake for, you know, however many hours it needed to be to get that in. Yeah. And then I would die, um, have a, a few days sleep, and then come back and, you know, get back into it. So it was, it was an absolute experiment. Um, and I think there was, like, 
significant reasons for the experiment, which was I noticed as a furniture maker that there wasn't mm. anywhere really where I could sell my work that didn't want to take 30 to 40% commission. Mm. If I went to a gallery and had an exhibition show, um, I was looking at, you know, uh, same kind of commission mm. and potentially people that were going to galleries were not necessarily always interested in buying. There's yeah. still a culture, I think, in Australia where we go to galleries and we like to look and mm-hmm. have a free drink or two. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. we have a great time. We connect with everyone and off we trot. And we don't actually necessarily think about that that person is hanging their livelihood Mm. or potentially installing their livelihood and hoping to, you know, actually continue their small business idea yeah. or their creative industry idea. Um, so, and then, that, I mean, because looking at what you started, that mm. is like, that also, there were smaller scale stuff, more mm. affordable things that people could purchase and mm. sort of help those people along. Mm. And that's where, it, that's where it comes from kind of thing. Yeah, so that, it came from the fact that I couldn't uh, find anything. And then when I was like, and then I, I yeah, also... great. I also managed to get, I had tried, my first furniture show um, was an empty shop next to the end bar on Vulture Street and it was up for lease yeah. and I knew the owner of the space or the the leaseor of the yeah, space yeah. and he let me just have the space to throw my first full collection yeah. without any, he didn't like charge me a fee and he didn't wow. take any commission because he, you know, I'd worked for him for years. Yeah. Um, and he was like, yep, just go go and do it. That's fine. You know, that's cool. Give it a go. And I almost sold out the whole show. Wow. And then I was like, oh, maybe I, I have to look at totally different ways of investing in this idea. Mm. And maybe so do other people. So I think yeah. for me, I, it was like a, a moment where I was like, you know what? Let's let's look at alternative and innovative ways of creating money for artists, makers and designers. Yeah. And let's not look at what's traditionally done. Yeah, gallery you know, space how do or we, Like how do we avoid space. shops potentially or shops that have a very sort of old school, I mean, no, it's not even old school. It's just, rel- it's a relevant way of thinking, you know, we will take 30 to 40 per- yeah. commission, you know, or whatever that is and that's what shops do, you know. Mm. That, yeah. that no, you very, I have not run into a shop yet where people go like, um, we've got a different business model. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I was yeah, really yeah. curious. So yeah. I was like, you know what? I want to create an experiment where I get to see if we can create something that doesn't sit in that sort of capitalist vein where I'm going to make money off the artists. Yeah. Because to me that seems quite backwards. Yeah. The idea that we can't, um, as artists, designers and makers, actually make an income off the stuff, but then people are working so hard to create whole collections, design ideas that are like seamless and have multi-use and they're quite clever and interesting, mm. you know, and then and then they have to pay a huge fee at a market, you know, space or they have to pay, you know, a significant amount of their time and effort, which means that their labor is almost, you know, their labor is for free ultimately yeah. Yeah. with the fees they're paying. So, yeah, that's that's where it all came about. Or you about. have to overprice the hell out of it to be yeah. able to get your profit margin back yeah. and then it becomes harder to sell. And I had so I had friends weird. that own shops, you know, homeware shops, and they said, like, can we put some furniture in there? And I was like, okay, so what do I have to do? And they're like, well, you have to, you know, up that price by <laughs> yeah. at least 40%. 30, 40%. And I was like, but that then takes yeah. away from, like, you know, my work was all about, you know, recycling and passing on that mm. that 
lower cost, making that more accessible for people yeah. and recycling, you know, all those things that were going into landfill. It was, it was really about like keeping it affordable. Mm. So can normal people that are poor at uni still have, still have a nice piece of furniture that they love that they might yeah. keep for 20 years? You know, yeah. can that happen? So I guess there was a lot of experiments going on there in that yeah. sense of, and I looked at it like, how can I like achieve something um, where people kind of walk away feeling like they've gained something out of this experience that's much more than, you know, maybe money was part of it, yeah. um, but also, you know, um, connections to other people in the community because I noticed that a lot of makers, I, I, I didn't know who they were. Yeah, yeah. Like I had to hunt for hours on Instagram yeah, yeah. to try and find interesting people that I was like, oh, that's, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and where is it? And who is this yeah. person? And why have I never seen their work in real life? Yeah. So I it's started really doing... a lot of that community aspect to the design scene or yep. the arts and culture yep. in Brisbane definitely so like I can go to one of your events and I'll know several people there. yeah <laughs> and that's so cool through the years that I've been yeah. going to it yeah, yeah it's definitely and I think that's one of one of the biggest parts of the feedback for Monster Creative is that people like artist designers and makers are like I never get to interact with other people working as hard as me yeah, yeah. in my own studio by myself wondering if I'm mad, <laughs> you know, like every day just going, yeah. what am I doing this for? Yeah. And then they meet like 20 other people in a room that are equally as passionate and excited about, you know, achieving maybe something that, you know, maybe the general population mm. thinks is awesome, but somewhat mad, you know. And it, uh, that support network system is, is like, I think so vital for creative people because it becomes like most people parents family friends will say what are you doing like how are you gonna make <laughs> we're not the office? only ones that are gonna invest in your artwork or your <laughs> your design point, work yeah. someone else has to buy a piece <laughs> yeah. otherwise this is going nowhere yeah um yeah exactly yeah and i think you do come I, up with those con- uh, yeah so i think that was that was really um so it was you know about them potentially making anything they could sell they could take that income home yeah and it was about them really connecting with the greater community then and seeing that they weren't the only ones out there because if you're going to sustain those type of ideas and people were making you know anything you know from scratch and spending hours learning Mm. how to get something done and it would sometimes it takes a couple of years to refine you know how you want a cut of a pant to be or you know like it's wild how much Mm. time people spend or like huge amount of experiments on like cosmetics and skincare that they were doing from scratch and had just started learning you know by themselves you know with youtube and a book and (laughs) ideas and experiments you know Mm. so it's huge amount of time and you think about like and if you if you get a product that's you know as polished um then i think you know it deserves to be seen by people and touched and used and they deserve to get paid and they deserve yeah 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 and so i think that's for me that was really really important um so i kind of thought i would give the monster creative a couple of years of I was going to put a couple of years into that. When, when did you start that? It's, it's two years ago last month. Really? Yeah. Only yep. two years? Yeah. But the weird thing is, um, so to start it, I, I worked out um, to start it and to get it visible. I mean, the other, the other key thing, which was really important, um, was that I didn't feel that the general public knew about all these makers and designers and neither did they have any education around what people were doing you know, creating and making in Australia. So I was like, if we can educate the public to buy local, Mm. then we are winning half the war 
you know, because yeah. once they walk in the space and they see the quality of the work yeah. across all those different sort of aspects, they potentially will buy. They might mm-hmm. take a few visits to get yeah. used to it, but they're going to eventually start thinking, this is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I can buy, a, you know, a, I had someone say to me the other day, I didn't realize you could buy a handmade ceramic lamp from an, a local artist for cheaper than you can the lighting store somewhere else yeah Yeah, somewhere Mm. else and I was like yeah like (laughs) there's a whole bunch of amazing things out there that you're not paying for like trade and transporting it across the ocean and you know parts and all those kind of things Mm. and then mark up and then you know whatever that is um so I think um I think that was about so it was really about it was about taking money home for the artist connecting and then educating the public yeah. Those are the the three main things. So then everything I did after that was about like how do I how do I hit those three points as much as possible. Um so the first 10 shows, I had 10 shows in 10 months. Yeah, that's So, is, you know, no, so I that mean, that was that was just three in three years. <laughs> Yeah, but no, yours are pretty tough. large. Yours are large shows though. They're massive. Um, where these were tiny shows, you know, they were yeah. 10 people. But there's still a lot of people, there's still a lot of organisation, oh, there's still yeah. a lot of setup. there's still there was. a lot of, you know, marketing and yeah. all of that stuff that comes with it. It's yeah. a lot of work. Well, and I was a little bit sneaky about things like marketing because I thought if I can get 10 people to invite 10 of their friends yeah. or 10 of their networks yeah, on Instagram, etc. That's how we work. Yeah, well. then I don't have to do the marketing per hmm. se. Like yeah. I can put an Instagram post out and then whatever. Yeah. Like it's, I actually have to do very little Shared work in that. Yeah, it's, costs. yeah, well, which is the benefit of doing group shows is more people more outreach exactly and and what i think about interesting when you look at the art world group shows are the things that like really create um i guess a larger demographic audience like Mm. you are engaging lots of different people and lots Mm. of different ideas and a bit of a but like it's always been a little bit more buzzworthy when there's larger groups um I always found that with our stuff, mm. the bigger the groups, the the bigger the return on investment was. Like, you know, we don't spend any money on marketing or anything, but mm. we get four or five hundred people through the door yeah. looking at furniture. It's like, what? what? Yeah. But you could not do that as a solo show. No. 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 It, there's no, there's no way you can any, reach. I don't you think can... big furniture stores could get that many people. No, you just can't. Stores. And so there's this genius about, like, asking everyone to bring 10 friends and then you don't do any work. Mm. Like, people go, what do you do for marketing? <laughs> like, mm. I should probably do more. And then, you know, it could even but increase in that scheme. sense. I mean, it's still a marketing Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, ploy, it, yeah. It, yeah, of course, of course. So, but I was like, let's get everyone else to do it. So I think, I think mm. that those 10 shows showed me that there was potential um, mm. And people were very patient to try the idea. Like, I was surprised that people were willing to give it a go, considering... But there were so many people nobody, wanting for it. You know? no, nobody knew what that was. They are like, what? Sorry, who are you? Like, I called them and they're like, hey, I've got this idea. And they're I mean, like, I, I don't know who you are. It doesn't, like, the, the first couple, and they go, what? I have heard about it. Yeah. And then it starts to sort of follow yeah. through. Yeah. start to get returned. Actually, that was cool. I was serving... Um, I was on the till at Plenty last weekend, and... I was serving like this massive line of people and this girl in gym wear came up to me and she was like, ordered a coffee and then she's like, are you, are you the girl that, did you, were you at that monster creative thing? And I was like, yeah, yes I was, that was mine. She's like, that was amazing, you know, like me and my friend walked past the door and we decided to come in and we haven't stopped talking about it for a week and that was the best thing we'd ever been to. And I was like, wow, that's super cool. Yeah, Yeah, that's the first time that's happened. But it's really nice to hear that like someone off the street had an experience Mm. of something where they, I guess, got the aim of it. 
you know, yeah. that it was like fun and yeah. interesting and engaging and... You and know. I feel like they're sometimes the hardest uh, people to get is the people that are outside that sort of arts and, and creative world yeah. that the, the passerby hits and they go, I didn't know this stuff existed. Yeah. The people that probably don't pay attention to yeah. that stuff. And that's the people I want. Yeah. Like that's what the... Ex- that's, is, the this, really... this, that's where the experiment that's, is leading, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. Like I want yeah. it to go to a point where, you know, we can create a, an alternative way of, of making money for people and we can actually start educating people that aren't in the arts, yeah. you know, just mm. those people that walk around, you know, and think, mm. hey, you know, why am I going to, I don't know, <laughs> Ikea like, yeah, to buy my yeah. shelving when I, I can go know. over there. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And the other thing I think, um, from my perspective, that, um, that marketing to the people who aren't part of the design creative world is really, really hard to get to. So like mm. when, if you talk about like Facebook ads or Instagram ads, there's ways that the targeting and the targeting is focused on those creative people who like that sort of stuff, mm. which is great, but, but it doesn't the, broaden the, the your greater, educational space. Yeah, the greater it? understand mm. the greater project mm. is to get a broader mm. connection of people into the creative worlds to realize yeah. that there is stuff here locally. Yeah. And, and like, and, and I still, I'm still to. not sure what the answer is entirely um as far as like really hitting that point where where we sort of grab those people that are in our everyday lives but are not at all connected to creative industry so i use i use all my jobs like i use my social work job to tell people what i do Mm, um and I'm, i'm in corporates like so my social work job is like three days a week and I am in all these huge corporate offices all the time yeah. facilitating. So I meet people all the time that are in, you know, like EY, KPMG, Optus, mm. Combank, like these huge spaces. And then as part of what I do, I share who I am and, and what I do. And then occasionally I'll have people I'm like, what is this? Yeah. You know, and I start, I start, so I use every, I at plenty, all my customers know what I do. And I now yeah. have got half of them to those shows, you know, like yeah. Yeah. I will literally be like, when are you coming? Or they'll be like, what? I missed that show. And they yeah. don't engage in necessarily those things. Yeah. But we've got them to a point where they, they sort of see the value now and they get excited about going to something where they know someone and they're going to meet some cool people yeah. and see some things that they don't expect to see and potentially buy something that's very yeah. valuable. Yeah, that's good. So the space now uh, in West End, West it's End, actually in West End. Yeah, yeah. So You've vacant assembly like is just—it's shy of a year actually. So we will have it a year in the end of November. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's right. First time I knew that you'd even moved or had found a space. Yeah. We were at the the furniture store at Masts opening and yeah, then you yeah, popped yeah. <laughs> what is going on <laughs> yeah yeah that's right that's right yeah and that was before we'd actually we just had the keys then we hadn't even really yeah it hadn't done of, anything no for, for the following weeks i just saw yeah. posting of you painting and yeah some sort of construction work yeah some kind of randomness yeah. yeah so i think um i think that's the that was one of the that was one of the more private reasons that we that i ended up starting monster monster was that um we could use it to engage the greater community in the fact that we had a space as well. Yeah. Because if you can double that awareness of a space, then you've got, you know, potential to have an income from people hiring and having exhibitions and, yeah, yeah. and, and renting spaces and studios yeah, yeah, and, you yeah. know, like, and how do you do that if you, if people don't know who you are or where, yeah. you, where you are? Cause you guys do rent that space, but there's also offices upstairs. Yeah. So we rent. Are they fully rented? They- yeah. So everything's been fully rented for. I don't know, maybe six, seven months, nice. eight months. 
maybe eight months almost yeah so the small businesses um um tend all the small businesses tend to have some creative element even if it's yeah. a strategic design business yeah, yeah. or if it's you know a framing business or whatever um but then also there's other studios where it's just about art design and making yeah um, and so yeah all of those those two segments are are fully rented out and then i guess now we're in that really sort of important space where we're trying to actually design and fit out the shop front so uh, yeah, yeah so that we have i guess that Street takes frontage. monster to then well for me it takes monster as far as that business with my other two partners then that takes our ability to, to sort of design and make um, and create art in our in our studio spaces mm. to the street front yeah and again mm. we're gonna I want to look at an experimental model of how we do that because mm. I have this real sense that if we create enough diversity of income we don't have to rely on a, a system where we take all the money f- the artist is yeah. the one that's paying our wages mm. I want it to be the other way around um, I f- yeah I, maybe I feel like there is a way there yeah. that's something we've always been really interested I don't know <laughs> what the answer is yeah. but if you have a space where you've got enough diversity of income mm-hmm. then you don't have to hold um, I guess and I do this with my own life like I have you know three jobs four jobs four jobs right yeah. so I have four jobs and that means that I can be as creative or um, sell as much or not as much as I want to at any given time because I have that ability to make an income over here over something that mm. I'm passionate about but then I also can have in a creative with no sort of stress about how how fast I do that creative endeavor yeah because so that gives me freedom mm. to play so most people who say they've got four jobs <laughs> wouldn't say it's the freedom. word freedom at the same time it's but true. it's true that's that true. i think that that's how you've done that is yeah. diversify so tell me what are these four yeah so i guess so them. social work um is my is that sort of that could be the key income that allows me to sort of pay creative endeavors yeah. So that goes, money goes into the creative space, mm-hmm. renovating, building that space, designing that space. Um, so that kind of filters into there. And then um, the hospitality, which is the two days a week on the weekend, that yeah. pays my everyday life bills, you know, mm-hmm. the rent and the gas and the phone and all that stuff. Um, and then the furniture business, you know, I can engage with that when I, you know, feel like I've got an idea or I want to explore something and then have a show and I can mm. use the monster creative to, you know, to, yeah. test some of those ideas that I'm playing with or, um, you know, we can use the creative space to have a show amongst ourselves, um, which is great. So having mm. the, I guess having a space allows you a little bit of freedom as to how you actually engage with the public around yeah. what, what you design or create. Mm. Um, and then I guess running the art space um, yeah. and, the, and the creative space is, yeah, yeah. is a job in itself. So that, that's a lot of, yeah. I guess that's a lot of admin. That's a lot of afternoons and evenings and nights. Emailings. Like it's a lot of email and it's a lot of, you know, finance and learning about how, how you're managing, you know, on that level. Mm. Um, and then looking at strategically how you can grow those ideas so they become more sustainable. Yeah. And I think that's what's really intriguing me at the moment. I'm like, ooh, what's, what is, you know, like what, what can we do in the strategic side of planning and engaging that, that actually allows us to become a sustainable idea? Because mm. I don't, like, I don't think the monster creative is sustainable yet. 
Yeah. So it's in that it, it hit that two two year mark where I'm like, okay, I've got the crowds, I've got the networks, mm. I've got the the huge list of of artist makers and designers that I can engage with, and I mm. find new people like every show. Yeah. Um. But but what am I actually? What am I actually? Is this actually sustainable? I guess is, is my next question. So you yeah. build that level up to mm. that point, and now I'm like, how do I get? you know, more um, funding uh, to potentially broaden that idea so we can capitalize on really actually creating networking opportunities for those artists outside of just the monster event. Yeah. And how can we educate the public yeah. outside of just, just a monster? The, yeah. yeah. So like, I'd love to look at, you know, getting some of those artists to run workshops and have maybe multiple workshops that mm. actually either engage in education or an actual skill or actually a demonstration of showing how they get to a point you know, with a product or an idea, um, and, and have the general public be able to engage. Cause that's where yeah. I find people get really excited. Like the amount of people that come into vacant assembly and say, do you guys do workshops? Yeah. Like, can you yeah, teach me yeah. how to use a drill? And yeah. I'm like, well, I can, but you know what? How do I say that? So yeah, I yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Like what, what does that, what does that mean? Like, what do you want to achieve out of this? Yeah. And I think it would be really interesting for, for the, as a really great way of, grabbing those non-creatives there's yeah. people that actually have a, a, a sort of I guess they have a bit of a want to learn and mm. engage in that space but they don't know where to start or, or what to, that looks like yeah yeah like those wine and wine and painting nights is a sort of like introduction yes to like, and they are so popular yeah they're very we popular. drive past one near yeah. us um it's on Montague Road and everyone yeah. like they're packed out every mm. time mm. Like, and with all sorts of people. Because that's an alternative way of thinking about how to engage with creative, with yeah. the creative industries to the people who are not, you add an element that, that is familiar to them with the wine. Yeah. But then you throw them in with some paint. Yeah. And you say, and like, you, let's get a little bit like, you know, tipsy. let's get off, let's, <laughs> let's get off grid and see yeah. where, where you, where you yeah. go. Um, I've also seen some people vomiting out the front of that place, which yeah. is awesome. Um, they just got a little bit too carried away in the wine, maybe yeah. not as much in the painting. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, I think that's where I think, so I would, I would really love to broaden the monster and then also have, uh, an income for me to broaden the monster. So for me yeah. to go that next level so like funding wise, stuff like that. Yeah. Or yeah. being able to fundraise for growing it because yeah. I think it needs to grow and I have that sense really strongly that okay the experiment's kind of sitting it went you know I didn't know where it was going to go and now I'm sort of really stoked with the elements that have appeared but now I'm very conscious that you know I need I need to be able to have like a bar that I can charge for mm. drinks I need to have m multiple income diverse sort of points yeah. of income yeah. coming yeah. in to support that idea yeah and how the council reacts to those kind of things sometimes can be a little bit tricky in regards to like le legislations with alcohol or yeah. that sort of stuff makes it a little bit challenging. But I feel at the small scale, a non Monday to Friday nine to well say five till midnight bar mm. is is different, and there needs to be a room there for these for a different type of initiative. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And how do you do that? So I think we're like, I'm in that full headspace right now where I'm like, who can I sort of connect with meet? That's actually, you know, mm. created interesting business models that are sort of sitting outside maybe what we normally see. Yeah. Um, and how can they potentially inform, you know, my, my growth of the monster creative? Yeah. Not only that, but how can it inform and grow vacant assembly? Yeah. Um, 
which I think Bacon Assembly has a much clearer idea because there's multiple people involved and that you can create those diverse incomes mm. or like with those multiple people sort of um, because they bring a lot of different things with them yeah. and ideas and connections, whereas Monster is pretty much me. Yeah, yeah. So then I have to work out, you know, how do I... Because I'd like to be able to pay the person on the bar and I'd mm. like to be able to pay myself. Yeah, for money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I, you know, like someone asked me um, the <clears> other day. Thought, hey? Yeah, I know, I know, that's wild. And that's why I look at it as an experiment because it yeah. was like, I'm going to put everything I have to see if this will go where I think it could go. Yeah. And then once it gets there, if it does, then how do we make it sustainable? Yeah. Um, so I was talking to someone the other day and they're like, well, so how much money do you make? And I was like, uh, what's your profit and loss statement? And you're like, um, <laughs> mainly loss. Look, it's, um, <laughs> Yeah, it's loss in time. Like, I spend, like, sort of three months sort of putting the show and there's, like, intense periods where I meet lots of artists and go to their studios and and collaborate and curate the show. Mm. Um, But then... And then there's, you know, weeks where you might send three emails, right? Mm. But the reality is I probably take home maybe half a week's wage in total at the end of a monster and that's... Yeah. That's three months' work. Mm. You know, um, yeah. Where and it might and it might be three months. It, when you condense it all, it might only be three weeks' work. But if you're yeah. only taking away half a week's wage, you're like, okay, something. Some, and that's for me. That's an inspiration. Like, mm. how do I? That inspires me to find an alternative way to sustain it. Then, because I yeah. see that it can be done now. So then, how do I? How do I get to the point where I'm like, yes, you know, like I can pay myself and potentially work one day less in one of my other jobs. Yeah. And create this sort of. Which is a really like you know interesting outlook because I think a lot of people will just go well this isn't working this yeah. model isn't working you're yeah. like ha- it's clearly working to some degree it's not working like financially finance. yeah, yeah. So well now- it kind of financially works because it pays for itself and everyone walks yeah. away you know like mm. so there's elements financially it works for the artists makers and designers yeah. so the fee the flat fee that we charge you know that to me is quite small um, yeah. and it will it allows the artists and makers and designers to actually take an income away yeah you know so on average most of the designers made a hundred bucks an hour you know and we were in mm. the open you know four Three hours, hours yeah. i mean one of the girls took home eight hundred dollars you know yeah so that's a phenomenal effort you know mm. um and i think so there's super amazing results for them and that's what this was created for yeah so then how do i support the idea to to continue mm. so that's kind of where i'm sitting and i'm like sort of at home spending a huge amount of hours like mapping and then thinking who I can talk to and who I can who I can engage with to learn um so I've sort of hit up a few people and gone what do you think about this yeah you know and even like do I broaden that event more than just the one-off night you know yeah because some people are like what you do all that work for For one one night and I'm like I think it works though it worked for us. Yeah. To make his take. I don't think we would survive. I mean, it would be nice How do you to get have people to come from far away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's true. But it, it kind of does place a sense of urgency on the one night thing. So you yeah. get uh, more contact up front. And that's yeah. kind of, you know, really. I think from our events perspective, it is about uh, outreach and we want to get as many people as possible. In mm. it, I very. I don't think we're about selling from no, our perspective. No, I it's never got that from It's about knowledge. Guys. It's about mm. learning that there is an industry out there that you can support. Mm. And multiple people have sold after the events yeah. from that as a continuation from the event. Yeah. 
Um, and that happens, definitely. I think, because as soon as awareness grows, yeah. then there is yeah. a change in behaviour. And mm. I think from from a from my personal side of my social work side, understanding how people work, like the psychology of understanding yeah. that all you really need to do to change behavior is to create alternative ways of, of thinking mm. and to highlight those alternatives and then let people decide what they want to do. And, you know, and people tend to be like, oh, this is interesting. Okay, yeah. this is, I've never experienced this before. I will sort of meander through this. And I, I said to someone the other day, I feel like, Sometimes it takes people, you know, two to three visits. Like the first visit, they're like, what is this? Mm, you know, yeah, like if they've never heard of it, you know. Yeah, yeah. And some people take to it really well. Like they just yeah, yeah. jump in and they're like, this is the best. But yeah. a lot of people are like, what is this? Yeah. You know. And the second time they're like, oh, I, I like this. I brought a friend. I'm, yeah. I'm checking it out. I'm more, I'm more engaged. I'm going to talk to more people. Money in their pockets. And the third time they buy. Yeah. But then I said to, you know, I said to someone the other day, like, that's, a, that's three quarters of a year. Yeah. So I'm waiting for the for the customer to to get to a three quarters of the year time point to be a potential buyer. But that's not even for you though. That's for your artists that you're supplying a space. Yes. For. Yes. So then, that's how do different. we how do we how do we get how do we get them to maybe understand or to engage in it? I don't know. I don't know if they should engage it in it faster or if we should just have you know, alternative things happening throughout the year that actually yeah. grow that education mm. like, like Makers Take does. But those connections, like what that you're saying, that they bring a friend, mm. that friend, that so that the upfront three quarters of the year slowly turns into yes. a couple of shows because yep. they've brought friends and their friends have brought friends yep. and their friends have brought friends and then all of a sudden this group is like well, and all I don't ready know. to yeah. buy. But yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's an event more than just going there to buy something. There's yep. also the kind of the socialising of it. Yeah. And I think you want that. You want people to feel like, yeah, to feel, I want people to feel like they could hang out for three hours and just have a really great time Yeah. talking and, you know, um, I don't like, I like the idea that people sit out the front and just have like drinks and cigarettes Mm. and just like meet people they haven't met before. I like that idea of sense of building community, not only within the makers, but, but within the larger space that people can kind of go, Hey, here's a place where we can come to feel comfortable and hang out where a lot of, I notice a lot of art shows we we go, mm. we check it out, we have yeah. two drinks and we go, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. we, and there's a very sort of prescriptive way that we engage. And so I yeah. was really trying to sort of hit those alternative ways of, of engaging with people. Mm. Cause I think if they can, if we can maintain engagement for longer than 30 minutes, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And that, that like just someone purchasing something on the night isn't always like the most important thing. I think no, like the engagement within the, the arts and, creative scene they met they might meet someone and then that person might not even be showing you know, yeah like i've spoken to people have not i'm not showing anything yeah. there, and they're chatting to me and yeah. they're saying so what do you do i was like oh, i make furniture as yeah. well and then yeah. they go oh sure and yeah and then there's a connection they're made yeah. that they know that there's not just what's there but there's yeah. also this other kind of group of people but it's brought out of that social aspect which is yeah. the same thing with within makers take of like yes it isn't really about purchasing it's about no conversation it's about, it's it's about, about social, and it's, yeah. yeah it's about social impact and i guess mm. <clears throat> yeah i think i think that's really fascinating to play in those ideas and to see you know how far you can sort of um stretch one idea to sort of hit those multiple points i think that's really interesting yeah um, so now you've got another place doing brisbane quarter which is another like yeah. monthly one <laughs> yeah. after backing uh, off uh, yeah. to do quarterly. Yeah, trying to um, keep it. Uh, we, I'm, I think that that was sheerly, I think that's sheerly about net, 
networking actually um Great so it's a yeah, yeah it's about that like so um christina um uh is uh mates with laura um and uh she came to a monster and they were having a chat and she was like oh i'm thinking of trying to get this space up and running maybe you guys should take it over right. you know and we were like ah oh, you know like what what is this thing and so we've been actually able to um, take a lot of really and potentially people that weren't even maybe they didn't feel like monster was the right fit for their work yeah okay um they've been really interested in taking this option mm. because it's a more formalized it's like it doesn't cost anything um you know so well it when i say it doesn't cost anything you know the upfront cost the upfront cost is minimal mm. and and we um so the developer said you know here's a space use it we will you know we'll fund the staffing for it we'll do the fit out for mm. it um you know you guys choose the artists um and work within the community and find all unrepresented artists but good quality work mm. put it in there each month and um and we'll support that endeavor yeah. which kind of like has that longevity thing which is the opposite side of the one night thing yes it has that longevity thing and what's interesting to me I still find this fascinating and I don't know where this comes from but you know there are some people that have gone like oh I don't know about the monster you know I think um, they probably haven't they haven't been to one and so yeah. the idea is just an idea there still yeah, they haven't yeah, sort yeah. of engaged with it in a reality space but then I'll in a market space type yeah and, and there is yeah there is really... yeah there is some people that feel like it would be a market and we and, you know I worked really hard to make it a curated show that had more of a pop-up feel than a market. Yeah, yeah um, design pop-up store. Yeah, exactly. But then um, what's interesting is some of those people that have said, oh, I don't know about doing a monster, I've we've recontacted them and said, what if you, you know, um, get popped in a space in the middle of the city? Yeah. So this, this Brisbane Quarter, what, it, that's the building, isn't it? Brisbane Quarter, Brisbane, like... Qu- Brisbane Quarter Gallery is what they decided... The Gallery Brisbane Quarter is what they decided to call it. But that, I think that section... Um, it was the old courthouse and I don't know if that the Brisbane quarter came from that sort of, it was, it's a big block, Yeah. but then it's the W hotel. So I don't, it's the, the yeah. So that developer owns all of that and he is developing those different elements. So they just named it the Brisbane quarter. Um, and that's sort of what we've gone with. So they sort of sort of communicated that and you said laura before laura is laura um, yeah so laura pasco is the um she's my partner in vacant assembly with sam miles and um laura's a ceramicist and an architect yeah and then um sam's um uh abstract painting and drawing um practitioner but also works in community service yeah so the three of us curate masters of architecture graduate as well as uh well i'm i do well no i'm still in my bachelor's oh, okay so yeah, you graduated like, i thought you graduated no 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 well. no um because i've been doing it part-time oh yeah so it's a slow burn fair enough it's okay. a long <laughs> it's a long goal it's yeah. a slow slow long goal um yeah. and to do this space at vacant assembly i actually took some time off this year because we'd love to design and build um, the last few remaining spaces to a capacity where they can be creating diverse income. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then I'll go back to uni and do some more. I've got like five or six subjects left in the undergrad before I go to the masters. Mm. You have a very so. non like typical route that most people would take is like do this, then you do this, then you do yeah. this. You're like I'm gonna do it all. Yeah. Right now, but just 
do all of it a little bit, but piece by piece. Yeah, and which can be quite stressful. I have to remind myself, I think, regularly that I... I really do have to remind myself because I'd like to just get everything done. Mm. <laughs> there is this weird thing, yeah. you know, like where you're like, uni's not that fun, you know. <laughs> Let's just get it out of the way so we can go and live life and be creative. But learning is one of the most uh, like, lifelong things for me. I couldn't, I, I'm, I'm going back to uni. I, I love learning. It's, yes. it's a constant thing. So me. I hate uni, but I love learning. Yeah. Um, you know, like I hate the structure <laughs> of uni yeah, and I hate like the ridiculous academic you know, bullshit that exists in that yeah. space. And yet there are some amazing moments to really engage. And I, I have loved engaging in architecture casually, mm. you know, like I've done full-time semesters, but I've yeah. also done part-time semesters. And then I've also done like one subject in a semester. So yeah. I do what suits my life. I don't think it's worth pushing myself to the point of breaking because that means that life is yeah. not actually worth all those, like all those all things become just yeah. annoying mm amounts of work yeah. yeah like you don't actually get to engage in your space and enjoy it and have a wine because you're busy doing too many assignments or yeah, yeah. you know like there there has have to be a balance, kind of balance? um i think time. i it out slowly. i don't i don't know if i've ever achieved balance <laughs> what people would call balance <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah i have a lot more energy than some people so my version of balance is potentially quite different than other people's it's quite hectic yeah, um, like one day off a week is like, yes, this is amazing. Um, uh, but I also feel that you have to play the long game sometimes and you have to enjoy life at the same time. Yeah. So like I've taken semesters off to travel Europe. I'm like, mm. fuck this, I'm out. I need more inspiration and more yeah. refreshment and I need mm. to be inspired by, you know, people that are doing really different things around the world, mm. different ideas. That's why, that's why we came back and decided we were going to convert warehouses into, you know, spaces because we saw them in, you know, in Berlin and, mm. and Copenhagen yeah. and we, yeah. were, we saw like shop fronts that were studios you yeah. know, that people yeah. were just engaging yeah. and we were like, why doesn't why this doesn't exist? Yeah. And then we were like... Well, because it hasn't been made yet, let's go and do it. Mm. You know, so for us, it's really important to take time out. And when I take time out, like as much as I work, you know, I said to someone the other day, there's a potential that I might only have three days off in a month. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's real life. And I might sleep hard for that day off, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two but days I get off, evenings off, sleep. like, yeah, 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 I get evenings. And don't get me wrong, like, I still do, you know, I play touch footy and I go for a wine with people. And I, yeah, yeah like, there's time to do those things. But it's like choosing one thing per week that I'm going to go do that's fun. Or, yeah. you know, you know, I have to be kind of measured in how I manage that. But that means that after three years of doing that, or four years, I'm like, okay, three months. I need three months off. Yeah. I don't want to think about anything. Yeah. I don't want to create i don't want to do it i just want to absorb and go and learn about how other people do things yeah and bring that back such a yeah such an important part of life i think yeah that that decision to actually jump in and and rent a warehouse is like frightening i mean the spaces that you've taken on are not particularly small i know for us we took a rental space and it was a lot for me to take on mm. I, I was and i was sharing with three people as are you yeah. but even so these spaces are five ten times bigger than what we ever yes. what we ever rented well and we, we practiced frightening. on a small one like we did the 240 um and that was and we practiced with us uh we didn't have that great of a we didn't have a large network of people that we knew that would could support us so that's that first space was about practicing um that was about practicing like 
what it how do you take over a space how do you pay the rent how do you yeah. get diverse income how do you build ideas how do you crowdfund mm. how do you like we did all those things and and played with all those ideas and then when the second space came along as an opportunity which was double the size we were like oh we kind of have some <laughs> ideas you yeah. know we can play with this and we know we don't really love that and we can go there and we knew that we needed people on regular renting you know income we needed mm. that rental income to sort of like start that space yeah. and then we can play with how we sort of diversify. Yeah. Um, so I don't find those kind of things that scary. Yeah. <laughs> I think for, for, for good or bad. I don't know if that's a good or bad yeah, thing. Who knows I that. think for me, but to go, go get a manager that like, I, I think a lot of people struggle with. Well, for me, I just think if you start with nothing and mm. if you lose it all, you're just back to where you started, which is fine. Like you can go on holiday and start again. Like, yeah. it, like when I look at all the people that are successful in the world, um, I think what's really cool is um, oftentimes they will take risks and they'll lose everything like yeah. a number of times. Like they are massive failures. Yeah, and they, and that's huh. how that's how you learn. Yeah, like you learn by choosing a partnership that's not that great, and you learn how to choose the next partnership that is significantly yeah. better. You learn mm. like how not to communicate or to communicate or. Yeah. You learn what experiments potentially have, you know, great um, ability to succeed and then what experiments you should probably just leave alone. Yeah. You learn all those yeah, things yeah. By, by failing. Doing. and yeah. yeah, and so I feel like it's not really a risk because you're always going to come back to, like, I don't really have anything. I don't own a house. I mm. Like, you know, like I... There is those traditional, like, sort of framing that you have to, like, own a house, you have to have a mm. nine-to-five job that, mm. that I think a lot of people struggle to shake from their... Existence. their sort of mental space yeah, and yeah. I but feel that's like a, that's the way that life should be yeah but really in today's society it's so different to that it's so very very different there is still a very huge conglomerate of people that fo- that, that succeed doing huge. that me- that method but there is yeah I think for a creative it's very very hard to follow that <laughs> this regimented lifestyle is yeah very, uh, and I wonder if it's necessary like I I guess I come back to this again and again but like can we not like this idea that's being thrown I love that this word innovation is being thrown around a lot mm. in the last couple of years like we need to be innovative but sometimes innovation what I see of innovation or especially maybe from you know more traditional outlets or, or you know that engages in government funding or whatever they're, they're still within the, the confines or the structures of how we've done things always you know like yeah. you can be innovative if you can get funding for that you know mm. or you can get you know innovative if you can show that you can take something further than someone else yeah. but I think innovation is a really fascinating idea if we start to look at like well let's just chuck everything we know out and start like what what do we want do we want something different what does that look like how do we get there and mm. i think that's something i ask myself potentially every day <laughs> you know like i'm like shit okay this is cool okay or and sometimes i go oh shit this is shit you know like yeah. i don't like <clears throat> this and i want to go there because i've learned that this is not exactly this is getting too close to what is always being done and it's and it doesn't have the outcome that i want it mm. for, for myself or for people or for my businesses um and so I think that that to me is exciting, like thinking about how you can do, you know, vacant assembly is a self-funded space. Mm. We don't have any affiliations with funding yet. We haven't done any crowdfunding. We've literally yeah. just gone about it like it's a business. Yeah. How do we how do we create income from a business if you're going to take over that space? And that's why I don't think it's as scary 
you know, it's not our whole life. We're not, we didn't decide to all quit our jobs and work in vacant assembly five days a week. Yeah. Yeah. We have people there consistently mm. churning, you know, income by being in the space, renting the space, you know, yeah. having exhibitions, venue hire, whatever it is that we've sort of created mm. for that, the opportunities we've sort of given people. So it doesn't feel as risky when not all your eggs are in that basket and you're not following a prescriptive idea. Yeah. Where you can go, well, hey, something might work. Let's go left or right and, and change change direction and, and actually find something that will work. Yeah. So to me, that, that makes it feel, you know, less intense. And then also, you know, if it doesn't work, what's the worst thing that could happen? <laughs> well, the, the debt side of things, I think, is from other people's perspective, like the money on the debt side. The weight of the but debt. People have like debts that are like seven hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. I have <laughs> a debt that I have a debt that's ten thousand dollars. Yeah, my education bill is what fifty something. Oh, exactly. I have I have three. Yeah, I've got three <laughs> ongoing hex yeah. debts. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So like, it's how you look at something. Mm. You know, like it's not that risky to spend ten grand on something. That's a no. bloody holiday. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Really? Definitely. It's a great holiday. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good, it's a really <laughs> fun, <laughs> awesome holiday. Yeah, yeah. So I, I feel like it's how you, it's the perspective that you take and, and that allows a lot more freedom in what you do because mm. you can just ditch that shit. Move on. And try something, you know, that whatever it is that you think could be interesting. Yeah. That is definitely such a valuable lesson, the actual trying of something before. But you're never going to know whether you're going to make something by not trying it out, just going... I always think back to that classic meme of Shia LaBeouf and just do it because it's so true. <laughs> yeah. like, if you yeah. really want to do it, like you mess it, just, just mess it up. That thing, yeah. Attack it. Yeah. Um, like, just do it. And we have this bit, we have this weird thing in society and I come from one of those spaces where I was like, I think I was a perfectionist in the sense that I wanted an out, I wanted to control the outcome. Yeah. I wanted yeah. Yeah. a type of outcome. Mm. And as I got older, I think, oh, like, why do I want that? type yeah. of outcome do I really need that it, when I get that type of outcome am I happy what is that you know what is that me? is it actually mm. achieving for me or my partnerships or my community like mm. is that actually gaining anything for anyone yeah you know? that takes a lot of understanding of who you are and what you want to achieve and that's something that is yes. a very valid thing to learn it's like what is it that I really want to do and how do I intend on doing that yeah there's the does actually earning money matter that much? Of course, because you need to eat food. You need to pay bills. And pay bills. Go on holidays. But yeah, yeah. Go on. <laughs> yeah. As we were discussing yes. before the podcast. We need holidays. You need to have holidays. Yeah. It's not just to yeah. exist in life. It's not enough. I think you yeah. need to have those things. But beyond that, like, what is your real goals? Uh, is having a million dollars really that important to you? And what does that change when you get the million dollars? Does it just mean you've got, you're going to get more? Yeah. Or, or is that it? Is that Well, do you have to just... Yeah, like... It's not it. You know, it seems like an odd thing to, it seems like an odd thing that people strive for. And I, I see people kind of like work so hard to maintain freedom in retirement. Mm. But I have friends whose parents have got to retirement after working that hard and they passed away. Soon after. Like two, two, five years, Mm. you know, in that, in that zone. And, and you think if we are working if life is short potentially we don't know what it is and and where how much you know you can work really hard but 
you know, we have the opportunity to experiment and to play mm. and to grow yeah. and to learn. And you may as well do those things while you have the opportunity yeah. and to travel yeah. and to yeah. engage in different people's practices and get excited about different people's ideas. If we can't, if we don't have the ability to do that now, like I don't want to wait till I'm 65. To try it out. <laughs> I had someone tell me once when I was younger, you know, like, oh, you don't, don't worry about like, if you can't get to Europe, you know, um, Yet, you know, you'll have heaps of time when you retire. Yeah. And I was like... But there's this block of before, after university, you've got a chunk where you can travel and then you work and then you can't really do too much. Like, who made those rules up? Those are... are, So I find those rules, like, utterly ludicrous. Maybe you just travel more, but... Yeah, yeah. And so, and I know there are, um, like, huge amounts of people living by their own ideas and their own... Making up their own rules and playing. And I think that's what's cool i think yeah. those things are that what drive me is that you know we we don't and they you know my ideas might, might not be wildly out there no but they provide me the freedom to live the life that i think is interesting yeah yeah and to me that is the ultimate goal yeah if i'm not bored mm. and if i can do things that interest me um, and experiment and play and, and grow and learn as a human and and connect with my community um then yeah. I don't feel like, I feel like that sort of gives you all those things that you kind of need as a human to sort of feel successful. Yeah. So I might not have that much money in my pocket, mm. but like the feeling of being able to do something and, and pull it off mm. and, and engage with the people you want to and do what you want to is pretty cool. Yeah. That success isn't tied to something specific. That success is tied to who, what you believe success yeah. is. Yeah. And that success is your yeah <laughs> your your own sort of thing. I think it has to be. It yeah. must be. And everyone's is very different. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, we follow a very similar road. Mm. Like, I believe the same way. I, I really want to have the creative industries of, say, even just the southeast corner of Brisbane, mm. Uh, mm. of Queensland, sorry, Queensland, yeah. and Brisbane and the Gold Coast, even northern New South Wales, mm. the Sunshine Coast where we are now. Mm. Like, it, that to me... Building those creative uh, communities is, is a really, really important part. Unfortunately, there's no money, but I feel so validated doing those things mm. that the mm. money doesn't really matter. And it's no. like I feel inside as a human being is a... It's more fulfilling. It feels, really, it feels way better than just like, okay, now I need to charge like $300 so I can make enough money on this project to be able to yep. invest in doing it again. Yeah. Um, and then can we take that idea, like, and then so you know then can can we make some cash out of it but in a different way yeah and i like that you like you have a very very sort of pragmatic approach into how you look at the entire picture then you're looking at how you can try to morph that into something that is becoming sustainable because that two-year period is kind of what we went through recently yeah. and it's fallen apart and unfortunately yeah. becomes too hard to to maintain mm. and then it becomes harder to like continually work on something over two to three years that you know is not going to give you any money is this maker's take? Yeah, well, I mean, it, I don't think that that is... Particularly the, yeah, that it's just one the, thing. Yeah, I think that for, for all the businesses, it's been a little bit like that for us where it's challenging, we're trying to... But the same thing that what you're doing, you're trying to step and evolve and grow and do something different to see if there's other avenues and try to b- build it all together, bring it all together in a way that's sustainable because, th- like... I think the traditional thing is like what you're saying, you find one avenue and then you go down that road. But and you hope that that, you hope one, that, that thing one thing brings really you... really works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's yeah. the same thing with 
uh, you know, the podcast, this um, Maker's Take, and then um, having uh, our own business and then doing architecture on top of that, there's like sort of that diversification of, mm. of potential mm. incomes, which mm. is... Uh, it doesn't make us a lot of money, but it's it's exciting. It's no, more than anything. For I me. think I think it is really exciting, and I think then you know that makes me think. Well, you know, then I think we have to start looking at how to work together then, and not necessarily like literally together, but support mm. each other in ideas that can grow um, those ideas, so they don't become a drain. They yeah. do become a sustainable idea. Mm. Yeah. Um, and and I don't know what that looks like. But I, I definitely see that, like, we're getting more partnerships where, you know, people come up and say, like, do you want to be involved in this? And don't get me wrong, we're not saying yes to everything because we yeah. literally don't have the time. And potentially, I don't know you how know, you're doing what you do now, to be honest with you. Yeah, there you go. So, <laughs> tiredness, yeah, yeah, is a real thing. Um, but, yeah, I think, but I think that, like, I think we need to sit down more. And I think that's why I want to grow the monster because I want people in those networks to be mm. able to sit down like this yeah. and have honest conversations about how we're going to get each other to the next level. Mm. Yeah. Because that has to be possible. I don't know yeah. what the answer is, but like, imagine all those brains that are, you know, creative and innovative and, you know, um, strategic and, and plus have all those skills and, you know, just in making and designing mm. coming together. Like, can we not design our own? different outcome yeah definitely Net- well networking is one of the most powerful things yeah because right? so yeah. someone's someone. got some weird idea that potentially doesn't sound weird to five other people that'll be like yeah hey, that is and not that weird is that's it. good yeah. Um, yeah. so I'd like I'd like to grow the monster to more of that sort of because I think that's where the answers lie I think mm. they lie in, in collaboration there's also the opportunity for the workshops thing there as well creative workshops in yes. that environment where you bring creative minds together to build functioning businesses around the creative industry yes an interesting one yes definitely yes and we Kiralee and I have looked at a little bit of that and I think we'd like to grow I'd like to grow that and she's quite interested in that in that Mm. in like how do we actually grow creative um I guess intelligence yeah is that like a thing? Have people used that? Well, like, like the kind of you know how we've got emotional intelligence and academic intelligence. Can we have creative intelligence where we actually think about like the smart way point. to the smart way to get from A to B um, and and not too structured because creatives are they need freedom and they need yeah. you know they need yeah. weird days and on days and yeah. off days and they mm-hmm. need options and ideas and so I think like we've started looking at like how you can apply we've had some minimal conversations about how you can apply emotional intelligence to creative practice yeah so how do we how do we look at you know what's going on internally for individuals and why are they not maybe potentially getting um getting their work out there or if they've got their work out there but they haven't had any success um you know why aren't they going to try other avenues or yeah, yeah. or what are the other avenues they could try or yeah. all those different kinds of things where you know there's a block to to what you've tried and how do you get past that block as an individual yeah i guess potentially developing yourself and maybe your business more or your yeah. idea more um so yeah i think we're st- we i'd love to i'd love to look at that as well and see how how we can sort of engage with people around what people have gleaned and learnt from their experiences mm. and share those things. Yeah. You know. Bring them all together. Mm. Yeah. Well, as much as I could sit here and chat to you all day long, we've been going for a long time. <laughs> we? So uh, I, I guess we'll awesome. call it there. Thank okay. you very much for cool. chatting to me today. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you all for listening. 
my name is Chris Miller. In next week's episode, I'm going to be chatting to Claire Kennedy from Five Mile Radius. So, speak to you next Friday.